Good afternoon. Welcome in Power Mizzou Live. I am Gabe DeArmond, the publisher, and this is our regular Thursday afternoon show. We are going to uh, talk a little bit Mizzou Memphis 6.30 Saturday night in, I just learned, it is now called the Dome at America Center. I plan to call it the Edward Jones Dome because that's what I know it as, but it apparently is no longer the Edward Jones Dome, and Edward Jones is not a sponsor, so I'll refer to it as the Dome at America Center going forward. But Mizzou and Memphis, 6.30. Appreciate all you all joining us. Uh, if you're watching live, feel free to throw some comments in the comment queue. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, do all those things. You'll get notifications when we go live, as our guy Jared, a regular contributor, has done. Always appreciate Jared and anybody else that Tosses us uh, a little bit extra for spending time with you guys. So uh, thank you. And we will now bring in Gerard Hamilton, uh, our resident expert here, who's going to tell you all exactly what's going to happen on Saturday and all that. Uh, Gerard, let's get to it, man. Um, Brady Cook, we fully expect he's playing on Saturday, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even before the Mizzou like, tweeted pictures that he was playing or that he was practicing yesterday, yesterday, I mean, based off him just finishing the game, I know you could say adrenaline and all that, but I was just like, he played way too well. I mean, even though they couldn't do any run game stuff, I didn't think it limited him that much. And even in his post game, he was just kind of like, I'll be fine. He wasn't worried. So he should play. Yeah. I mean, I asked him, what's it take to knock you out of a game? And he said, something's got to be broken. We know it's not broken. Um, There's no ligament damage. Uh, he might be a little limited, might be the mobility. But I, I think once he gets out there, I think he'll play his game. But here's the interesting thing to me. I think in an ideal world, we actually do see Sam Horn in this game. Because I think if Missouri has a chance to get Brady out and give him a break, I think they'll do it. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I just I haven't seen it. For them to do that, Brady can go. Brady will go the whole, the whole way. I mean, as long as he doesn't show anything that's no, more noticeable than when he goes into the game, I think they're just going to play him the whole way. But say you're up, I don't know. No, no Gabe, you don't have to convince me. I think you're absolutely right. They should, but I don't know if they will. So, so, so they're up twenty-eight ten with eight minutes left. They're not giving Sam Horn the last two drives. You don't think? With eight minutes left. Yeah. Mm, well, I guess, I guess that's really yeah. Maybe a driver too. They could. They they could. I I would. I get it. But I I think uh, I think you do it. And like, look, you can always go uh, Andy Reid in Game Seventeen of Mahomes' rookie year. Like he goes out, gets him a big lead. They put in whoever the backup was, and all of a sudden the team falls apart. And he goes, "Nah, we're put this kid back in and win the game." You can always do that if you need to. Hmm. Yeah, they could, but not. It, you know how they, you know how this guy's, you know how they find it. Cook all the way, all the way. I like if it's a close game, it's Cook all the way. I mean, I think personally, I learned how much trust they have in Sam Horn when he came in and handed the ball off two times. Like in a game that Drinkwitz told us the plan was to throw the ball, we weren't going to run it that much. When Sam Horn came in, they handed the ball off twice and got Brady back on the field. That that told me what they think right now. Even if they would have had him throw a screen or a quick hitch or a little drag, a slam, so something you would have been like, 
no matter even if he was in there for one play, two plays, a whole quarter, you would have you would have thought like Drink said actually a couple weeks ago, when Sam's in the game, they need to turn it all the way up and act like he's the quarterback going forward. Like they have to give him the full playbook when he's in there. Yeah. Yeah. That hadn't happened quite yet. Uh if you're watching on YouTube, you'll understand this next comment. Uh it, we just gotta be careful. Everything gotta be positive here in the last 20 minutes or so, Gerard. We we don't want to end up on Twitter videos. We just everything everything's positive. Oh, there's a video I've got to see. <laughs> I gotta see. So yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about it later. Uh, but uh anyway, um you know, I, I can see we were talking before we started here. Like how big a worry is a letdown here? How big of the worry is uh it can happen, but I haven't really thought too much about it. They're good at they they sold this week pretty well as far as just like we're moving on. I feel like and I feel like I'm good at seeing through some of the stuff they say. I felt like okay, y'all y'all passed it a little bit. I, they were they were good at selling us before the K State game that it wasn't really that big a game. It's just a right. I, I think that I think Eli Drinkwitz understands it's a, a concern. I think he and the coaching staff will do everything they can to convince these kids all week long that Memphis can absolutely beat them. Um, I just, there was so much put into that game by the fans and the team and the coaches. Like, I don't think it's going to be a letdown that beats them, but I could see a letdown that leads to like a slow start. Like a, yeah. you're down you know, 10-3 midway through the second quarter type of game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Memphis is averaging like 40 points per game. Um, and they're, they've they got a like, uh, I think they're averaging like 450 yards total offense or something like that. I mean, so they can move the ball and they can they can put up points. Got a dynamic running back in there, do a lot of things. So, yeah, like you said, they're, they, it's possible they could be a little sluggish, you know, going to the game, but – I haven't thought about them like losing the game because of like a complete letdown the whole way. No, I agree. I think it's a game where even if you've got a letdown, like I, I, you wake up in time. Um, You know, I just think it's maybe kind of a game where late second, early third quarter, Missouri fans and maybe even Missouri players are going, Oh, hang on. I I didn't think it was going to be like this. And and they've got to kind of kick it into gear. Um, Andrew's asking what the line is. I haven't seen it lately. It opened at seven. Then it kind of went off the board today. when Brady Cook got hurt. What What now? I'm sorry. Uh, it was at seven. It dropped to five and a half. And then uh, I checked earlier today. I seen six and a half at one. But see, Brandon saying six or 5.5, depending yeah. on you. Yeah, I've seen between six and uh, 6.5 and up to five and yeah. a half. So, so it's kind of in that range just under a touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which. I, I don't know. You've you are our opponent research guy, and we're gonna have Brian Moss on from from our rival site that covers Memphis here in a few minutes, and we'll talk to him about it. But what are your first impressions of of Memphis and what problems they might cause here? Um, as far as their offense, like I said, Blake Watson, the running back, uh, he's already got eight total touchdowns, four receiving, four rushing. He had like 170 or. I guess 169 yards on just 10 touch or 10 carries last week. He had a couple, a couple 60 yard runs. He's, I think he's leading them in receiving. So, so he's their do it all, everything guy. Um, and then 
Defensively, I've seen some stats where they're like top 10 in takeaways. I think they're tied for first and pass defense and stuff like that. I do think it's a bit misleading just because of I can't remember who their two their first two opponents were, but it was just like and then they played Navy last week, who doesn't really throw the ball. So like some of the passing stats you feel like are just like their pass or their defensive stats is kind of like misleading. I don't know if they're that good on defense. Right. Yeah. Memphis's first two games, they had a 93 to 17 scoring margin against Bethune Cookman and an Arkansas State program that has completely fallen apart. Like this is not Arkansas State from, you know, five years ago, even. It, it, they've fallen on hard times there. So I don't put a lot of stock in those two. And then Navy, I, I just don't put a lot of stock in because it, it's like this standalone game. Like it, it, I would hate yeah. to play Navy in week three because you've got to prepare for them completely different than you prepare for anything else all season long. And it's hard to carry over that film in a way to some of the stuff you you want to go into your next opponent in your next game. Yeah. Now, if there is anything worth noting, I mean, Navy's quarterbacks were 10 of 20 passing for 133 yards. Like that's not great, but it's kind of great for Navy. You know, I think maybe there's going to be some windows to throw the football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Navy did have a, a little bit of success, but again, that's not, terribly high volume or efficiency going 50%, but um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Before, uh, before Brian jumps on here, I want to get to a couple kind of interesting questions. Mizzou beat alas. Is there any worry that K-State was just not very good? I think K-State is pretty decent. I, I mean, they won. Remember Missouri won off a 61 yard comfort conference record winning field goal. And, that's I'm not trying to make it seem like it was luck or anything. Missouri won that game. They came back four different times. They played well enough. Missouri showed that they're better than what we thought they were. But Kansas State is a very much a formidable opponent. And, you know, they're still going to be around that top 25 range, I think, for, you know, a good part of the season. And, and see, what you said is kind of the key there. If there's worry that K-State's not good, then Missouri must not be good either because – You like, barely just beat that, a, a – yeah. Right. You needed a 61-yard field goal to win that game at the end. And and that is one thing that, like, the roller coaster of emotions that being a fan is. Like, a week ago, everything was wrong because you only beat Middle Tennessee by four. And I get it. I was there with you. And this week, everything is, like, I wonder if there's been a little bit of overreaction, like, that was a good game, but Missouri was one play from it. Like, we did the whole thing last year, how close they were to being eight and four. Like, whatever their record is at the end of this year, you know, you like, this is one of those, hey, it was a one-score game, and, and you made the play, and you deserve credit for that, and I'm not trying to take that credit mm-hmm. away. I'm just saying that that game, you change one thing in that game, and it goes the other direction, and there's a whole different feeling. So... You know, um, it's just at least worth thinking about. The other thing I wanted to get to is Josh Randall. Is there any thought last game was the outlier and we come out like we did the first two games against Memphis? Depending on which offense you see. You see the offense you see versus Kansas State, then maybe you're in in better shape uh, to come out to a fast start if they, for whatever reason, are just like, we're only saving this for (laughs) SEC opponents or people we think are, you know, prominent teams. They may be in trouble. Yeah. 
Missouri can't think that going into it. This is not a team that you can just roll the helmets out and run your base plays and, and yeah, that's with the yeah. win. That is you know, that is true. It, I think the biggest thing about last week, it wasn't that Brady Cook proved to him proved anything to himself or proved anything to you and me or to the fans. He proved to the coaching staff he can go out and throw for 350 yards and hit the downfield pass. Because they might have thought it before last week. They might have seen it in practice, but now they know it. And I think mm -hmm. that impacts the way you call a game now. Because you go from having a guy where, well, we think maybe he can do this, to a guy you know can do this. And, and I think that changes your mindset going into games. I think so. And I think it would be important that um, they let him keep throwing the ball. They let him yep. whatever they had, whatever they had cooking last week. They need to do it again. I wonder how much of the running game comes in. I wonder for these. Like I feel like just because he seems like a tough kid and he doesn't like to slide, he will inevitably scramble whenever things get shaky yep. instead of throwing the ball away. Which sometimes is good. Sometimes when you have a I've heard three different things for hyperextended knee, bone bruise, and sprain. When you got whatever that is, it may not be as good. Right. Well, and look, I still expect some scrambles. Like, you know, it's going to happen. Hey, there are times you got to take off. Mm -hmm. I don't think we see – I'm not the sure game. we see any designed runs. Yeah. I, I don't I think know. we should. I don't know. That's – that's I mean, they shouldn't, but I don't know. Save so it for save it for a gotta have it time, right? Like if you're third and two, early fourth quarter, one score game, and you and Brady Cook says he can get two yards, cool, run him then. I'm fine with it. Oh, but yeah, like, like that goal line. I, I don't need to see a quarterback draw on the first series of the game. All right, yeah, yeah. Maybe save it like that. I think it was a fourth down play that he ran in for a touchdown. Like I think he faked it to Luther or something versus K State last week. He did something inside like the five, and he got a rushing touchdown, I believe. Like from, you know, yeah. 30, 40 yards away or something like that. Yeah, save it for that. Yeah. Uh, Nolan says you also change one or two things and we win by 10. I, I, I'm not disputing that. I'm yeah. saying that is the line in these games, right? They, they come down to – my only point was don't – you're not dismissing Kansas State as a bad team like Missouri beat them by four touchdowns last week. That, that was my only point. And also, Nolan, the, that would apply – so the other way, Kansas State, right. were they not? A, I forgot what their biggest lead was, but they could say the same thing too. But like yeah. you were saying, like, I, I, I said, go ahead. Yeah, I said on Monday night, I, I think both teams woke up on Sunday morning and thought they should have won that game by two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. You know, so, uh, hey, we got our guy in the green room here. I don't I don't really know if it's a green room, but I like to use that phrase. So uh, we're going to gonna bring him on to the show. Uh, Brian Moss joining us covers Memphis for rivals.com. Brian, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. How you guys doing? Not too oh, bad. Wow. Uh, appreciate you taking some time. Um, we we're just talking. We don't have a clue what to make of this <laughs> Memphis team because they played two really bad teams in the Navy, which is like just like you can't judge anything off playing Navy because it's different than everything else. Do you have any idea what this Memphis team is? No, not really, because uh, even the stats are skewed. Um, you know, I, Drive long time no see, man, buddy. <laughs> we just, just when we talked uh, yesterday on, on my podcast, it's like you know you can't really trust the stats because you know Memphis is what uh, I think second uh, in the nation in pass defense. Well, I mean you played Bethune Cookman, you know FCS team, and you played Navy. Navy doesn't throw, even though they throw a little bit, uh, you know, last game. 
still, I, I mean, you, you, you can't trust the stats in this one. You don't know what Memphis is getting. So when I, when I look at this Memphis team, I, I try to see trends. You know, I, I look at what they did the first three games last year to the first three games this year, and the one thing that pops out to me is their, their third down conversion. Last year, you know, they were 60%, you know, on third and short, which is one in three yards. This year, they're 40%. Uh, so last year they were 13th in the nation after three games this year, they were 127. So to me, you know, even though, you know, you know, offensively, you take a look at the scores The scores indicate, well, you know, Memphis, you know, seems to be all right. Offensively, there, there's definitely some question marks this year. I mean, I know last year, you know, the wide receivers, uh, you know, dropped a lot of balls this year. That seems to be fixed, but that third down, that's, that's one thing that definitely sticks out to me. Brian, Brian was reading my mind because I was literally about to ask him something about third downs as far as the yep. game. Um, the last two games for Missouri on defense, they've given up 17 of 35 on, uh, on third down. So they're allowing 48% uh, conversion rate on that. And then conversely, Memphis for the year, I think our rate was maybe 33, 34%, somewhere in that range on third down mm -hmm. throughout the season. Just like how big of an impact is that what this game comes down to? What team can kind of succeed on third down? I think so. Um, you know, that, that, that's a big, eye, you know, eyesore to me, uh, you know, with Tim Cramsey's offense that last year, you know, you were so good on, you know, third down and this year it, it seems like you're so bad. What happened? You got better wide receivers. You have a better offensive line. You know, it's like, yeah, what's going on. And I think, you know, Memphis is being too predictable because on third down, you know, this year they're running 80% of the time on third and short. Where last year, just a little bit uh, better, but I mean, it was 75%. But still, you know, I guess more of last year, you know, defenses had to think, well, there is that slight chance that they'll pass it this year. I mean, it's, it's nearly all the time, you know, Memphis is going to run it. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's just being a little bit too predictable on offense this year. Well, as uh, as Chiefs fans, Gerard and I can advise: do not put in the tight end as quarterback sneak, and do not put in the jet sweep on third and one. Go no. go somewhere else. Uh, so I, I always preface this question by saying, like, we know that every coach says, "Hey, they're fast and athletic, and they do multiple things, and blah blah blah." But beyond the regular coach speak, like, what is Memphis saying? What are you kind of hearing that that Memphis looks at on Missouri and says, "This is." This is kind of the the key. This is what we've got to be concerned about. Yeah, it, it to me, you know, what I hear from Memphis is obviously the physicality. Uh, you know, on paper, this is going to be the strongest team that they obviously they face so far. Uh, you know, obviously SEC, you know, offensive defensive line. I mean, you're not going to see that at Bethune Cookman. You're definitely not going to see that at uh, Arkansas State or Navy because Navy's you know undersized on their offensive and defensive line. So the battle of the trenches is where I see that you know the Memphis coaching staff and players, you know, that's what they're really looking at. They need to control the, the you know, the, the offensive defensive lines, that line of scrimmage. Because uh, when you look at the Memphis games, there's, especially last game against Navy, the first drive of the of the first quarter and the last drive of the first quarter was flawless. I, I mean, they just, they, they pushed Navy around, but everything in between, it's like, what happened? I, I mean, you couldn't block anybody. There's missed assignments. Uh, so yeah, the, the the offensive defensive line that that in the third down to me that those are the keys for Memphis. If Memphis has any chance in this game, you got to convert on third down and you got to get a push off the line. Brian, I, I read something that was like um, Memphis is 
in their last 21 games or 18 of 21 games, they forced a takeaway. And I think they got something like 45, over 45 takeaways, you know, to that some point. I mean, what does this defense do so well to be able to force turnovers? Uh, credit to where credit's due. Uh, Coach Matt Barnes, he came in and it's just, uh, you know, changed the mentality of this defense. Uh, you know, they, they brought in, um, you know, some, some, some transfer portal guys that have, have, they haven't missed on that. You know, they, they, you know, I guess the high school recruiting, you, you missed a little bit more, but th- this, they had to get this right on defense and they went out and, and got guys, you know, guys like uh, Simeon Blair who, who played for Arkansas last year. He's been phenomenal this year for, for them. Uh, Andreas Fox uh, from Fresno state. Uh, he plays that, that buck linebacker slash defensive end position. Um, that, that's that's a name that I did not expect to hear much this year because of Jalen Allen being there. But Andreas Fox, watch for him because he has a motor and just has a knack for the ball. So just his tenacity, um, his aggressiveness, and, and that's something that you you really haven't seen from the, the Memphis defenses in, in the past. You'd have to go way back to, I think, 2014 when, uh, you know, Gabe's buddy uh, Barry Odom was the um, defensive coordinator for Memphis. That's, you know, when I look at this Memphis defense, it reminds me of a Barry Odom defense back from the 2014. So just the tenacity, the, just the knack for the football and pay attention to detail and they're going to need it. You know, they'll, they're, I think they're going to be uh, pressed uh, against the pass defense. We'll see how good they are. You know, we think they've improved, but they really haven't been tested. So we'll just have to wait and see. I wish we had a producer to cut you out of calling Barry my buddy because I'm going to take hell for that <laughs> on our board now. Uh, but uh, I, I want to jump off the field in this one a little bit. You and I kind of – we talked and, and teamed up a little bit in, in uh, getting this story that this game was in St. Louis a few months ago. Yeah. Um, I doubt the players care much one way or the other, right? But is there some animosity on Memphis's side still about this whole thing? Are they? Uh, is there any – you know, I, I mean, hey, I understand they got some money yeah. out of it, but I would they, imagine they, were, they would rather be playing this game at home. Yeah, obviously they would. They want to be playing at home. I, I think there's you don't hear too much animosity from the players. I, I think the ones that uh, the players that uh, you know have the animosity are the players from Memphis. You know, maybe that their uh, you know their family are, is not able to to make the trip to St. Louis or something like that. But you know, it, it just pretty much it's all Memphis fans. You know, we're, we're losing a home game. You know, you know why do we got to play up there? But but you're well compensated. So, you know, while I think, um, you, you know, some players will will be feisty and, and, you know, have that chip on their shoulder. I was like, for the most part, you know, the players, they just want to play. They, they see Missouri as, you know, power five. We have a chance to, you know, upset a power five. It really doesn't matter where the game's played for, uh, you know, in their opinion. And I want to jump in here and just follow up on that. I mean, when you think about it again, the players don't care, but when you think about it, obviously Memphis probably has a better chance to win this game if it's in Memphis. Right. So you're looking at a situation, these kind of decisions, man, people don't think about if you get to the end of the year and you're five and seven, instead of six and six or eight and four, instead of nine and three, this is impacting where you're playing a bowl game. If you're playing a bowl game, it's impacting bonuses Three years down the road, if a coach is on the hot seat, nobody's going, well, we but we know we took a million dollars to send you to St. Nobody cares about that. And yeah. It, it kind of amazes me how some of these decisions just get made. Hey, we'll take the 1.2 or whatever it was. But, like, 
the people that are making the decisions aren't actually the people that are affected by these decisions. Yeah, and and I can understand why Memphis obviously want, they wanted to keep the game. And I mean, it's great that they got money out of the deal because look, they're trying to you know uh, renovate the Liberty Bowl, and there's you know been a hoop around who's getting the the majority of the state money. Is it you know the, the Grizzlies or, or the or the Tigers? You know, so it, it, to me, you know, you obviously like you said, they, Memphis would rather have the game in Memphis one because you know obviously you can host recruits. You know, here with the game being in St. Louis, Memphis loses that uh, chance to host recruits, but also Memphis needs money. So, you know, you just when you take a look at it, you know, Memphis definitely has a better chance, uh, you know, winning the game if it was in Memphis because they have a you know pretty good home record. And, you know, the, <laughs> the uh, SEC and playing in Memphis, uh, you know, it favors Memphis. But, you know, you can ask, uh, you know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State and others. Yeah, I was I was about to say, uh, Brian, you kind of alluded, alluded to it, but I just read that. In the last 26 games versus non-conference opponents at home, Memphis is 25-1. and one. So it's kind of like a big swing to go from what you just said as far as hosting recruits and all that other stuff and what it does on the football field for them to host these P5 teams and then not be there. Um, question I want to bring to you is just we, we talked about Blake Watson earlier, and he just seems like the do-it-all back. He's obviously the leading rusher. I think he's either first or second in receiving. If not, it's really close. I know him and Rock Taylor are tied in receptions. I mean, just mm-hmm. how good is he? Yeah, Blake Watson is one of those guys. He's, he's shifty. Uh, he runs with power, and and that's something that Memphis, you know, you know, Memphis has a knack or has, uh, you know, the ability to put running backs in the NFL. You know, going back to, you know, Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard, uh, Antonio Gibson, even though he was more of a wide receiver when he was at uh, Memphis, Kenny Gainwell. Um, so you know, but when I mean, you look at the past. Two years, uh, I think, ever since uh, Kenny Gainwell opted out in 2019, they've missed that back that can, you know, like really do it all. And I think, you know, Blake Watson is one of those guys that can do it all. Now, Memphis is blessed that they have, you know, they can go four or five deep. Um, you know, Sutton Smith is a, I think he's a true sophomore. Um, you know, watch out for this kid because, you know, him in open space, I mean, that that's, you know, Memphis would love to get him in open space because, he you know, he could tear it up. But Blake Watson, he's he's you know he has that you know that season mentality because uh, he's a little bit older, um, so you know watch for him. But the whole thing is the offensive line because you know, I mean Blake Watson won't do anything if you know with that offensive line the way they've played uh, the first couple of games. Brian, you were talking about the offensive and defensive line being being maybe the the biggest concern for Memphis. Do you think – is there a place you look at that they come in this game and you say, hey, I, I think this is actually an edge for Memphis. I think this is where Memphis maybe can can exploit something. Well, if, if you know, looking at the, the game film, I did, I did it quickly. You know, at times it seems like Mizzou will give you the middle of the field. Well, Memphis hasn't done a great job of taking what the defenses uh, give them this year. And it's like, you know, I'm screaming, you know, at the, at the screen sometimes, and I'm like, you know, the, the middle of the field is wide open, you know, why won't you take it? You know, so I, I think Memphis can exploit that, um, but they just have to do it. And I haven't seen it this year. Uh, I, another thing is, you know, because I, you know, I think uh, Missouri will, will will blitz, you know, Hennigan a lot because Hennigan, he's he's a pretty accurate passer. I think he's at 71 percent this year. But uh, under pressure, I mean, that drops uh, off the top of the head. I think that drops down to closer to 50, 50 uh, percent. So, but here's the thing in the past, 
you know, in the past, they utilized that, uh, you know, that running back screen or the wide receiver screen. I haven't seen much of that this year. So to me, Memphis, it would behoove them to, you know, put that in the game plan this week because, you know, uh, Missouri on that fast defense, you, you, you know, that screen is a good offset. So hopefully if you're a Memphis fan, you know, uh, they'll they'll want to see some of those screens and, and going across the middle, but I haven't seen it yet this year. Brian, we've talked a lot about the offense, but what about defense? Who's the key player to watch key or key players uh, that Missouri has to be aware of? Yeah, I mentioned the, uh, the main guy earlier, Simeon Blair. Oh, I mean, he's, you know, by far, you know, the, the best on, on the defense. He came in, it was just an instant, you know, starter. Uh, I mean, without playing a game, he was named, you know, a captain. Uh, I mean, just the leadership that that he has. Uh, but the other safety, Greg Rubin, he played uh, cornerback last year, um, so he's 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 a junior now. He's a Memphis kid, so he you know he he's starting to uh, you know he has the ability to play any position in the secondary. Uh, but on that defensive line, uh, I, you know, look for Andreas Fox. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned him earlier. He's someone that uh, came over from Frenzo State, and it just someone that I didn't expect to see this year. Um, but yeah, those, Memphis is going to need something out of that defensive line, you know, th- th- this week against Missouri. So, you know, I'm looking to see, I'm looking at Joshua White. Yeah, I think he was a, a four-star kid coming out of high school. High school, He's a redshirt freshman. Um, Camarte Hamilton, uh, you know, came over from Ohio State. So, you know, Memphis needs some of these guys to step up. But linebacker, you know, look for Chandler Martin. Yeah, he was at East Tennessee State last year. And this kid, he, he flies all over the field. So, he, you know. He's he's definitely one to watch. And if everything, you know, comes together, you know, like Memphis fans hope, it might be a good, you know, you know, a good game for Memphis. But we'll see. I, I'm very skeptical about this game. Brian, I want to wrap you up with with a couple of quick ones. First of all, we got one from from uh, somebody that's watching live with us here who apparently is an HBCU economist. So if, if you have a need for that in your life, you reach out after the show is over. Uh, but would like to ask Brian whether this year's version of Memphis is is improved over last year. Are they a better team? The, to me, they are a better team on the offensive line. Uh, they're a better team on the defensive line. Have they shown it so far this year? I think you know it's yet to be seen because of the quality of play that you know who they played. But I do think this year's team would beat last year's team to me easily. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll wrap you up here. Um, I never force anybody to give me a score. If you want to give one, we'll take it. But, but kind of what, what are you expecting out of this game? Yeah, I, you know, I went back and forth at the end of the Navy game, I, I texted my staff and I'm like, you know, Memphis is going to get blown out. I, I, I feel <laughs> that it was going to, it's going to be like another 66, 30, something like it was last time. Um, but, you know, I started studying and started looking at the game. There's some things that uh, Memphis can do. I just don't know if they will do it. So, yeah, I said on my, my podcast last night, I think Missouri wins 38-17. All right. Well, appreciate your time, man. Uh, if, if you guys want to check out Brian and his staff, everything they've done this week, Tiger Sports Report, memphis.rivals.com. And uh, appreciate your time, man. We'll talk to you later on. All right. You guys have a good one. All you right. Too. That is uh, Brian Moss covers the Memphis Tigers for us at uh, Rivals. And um, all right. Hey. Pretty good uh, overall viewpoint. Find it interesting, you know, that that he thinks Missouri wins this one fairly comfortably. I think Missouri wins this one fairly comfortably. I just think the start is slow. Yeah. I just feel like uh, 
they'll have some lows. I don't know if it'll be the start, but at some point, like kind of how that third quarter uh, was just pretty bad for Missouri overall. And then kind of after Brady got hurt for that end of the second quarter, there was just, it wasn't really anything going. Um, somebody's asking for us to predict. So I'll, I'll go ahead. Um, right now I'm leaning towards a, uh, 29-13, 29-17. I'd probably say 29-17-ish score where Missouri is pretty comfortable. Uh, maybe it's a late touchdown, late to like really seal it, but I think Missouri wins by uh, by two possessions. Yeah, I think we've all got Missouri winning and covering. Uh, somewhere two to three touchdowns is, is kind of where we all see it going. Uh, 6.30 mm -hmm. Saturday night, ESPNU, we will have coverage for you guys uh, throughout from the Dome. We'll have the live game chat. Gerard's preview is going up tomorrow. Uh, I don't know, man. I feel like we've hit every angle. Any any angle we didn't hit? Mm, no. Well, what well, day after tomorrow? Do I have something? No, I think it's day after tomorrow. Preview's going up Saturday morning. Preview's right? going up day after tomorrow. I, dude, I don't know what day it is ever. Oh, trust me. Trust me. It's been me uh, all week. Than me all week, but um, <laughs> anything else? No, I just I think the last thing is just third down. They've got to be both teams, but obviously Missouri, they got to get off the field. Seventeen to thirty-five, your last two games giving up on third down is atrocious. And Memphis can put up points, and the longer they stay in this game, worse it's gonna get. So they better kind of lock them lock them down once they get to third down, and definitely no fourth down conversions either. My prediction for this one beyond a score is uh, – and somebody brought it up earlier in the chat. Luther going to put on a show in his hometown. I, I think I think we're going to see Luther really want to uh, – really want to do some things in this game. What we got? You got any bold predictions? How, like any – How about assist? this? How about this? How about we see Luther Burden throw a pass? <laughs> That would be that would be would, would uh, bring back the Wildcats. See Luther Burden throw a pass in St. Louis. That would be uh that'd be something. That'd be something. Yep. I I don't know if I got something wacky as far as a play call, but I definitely can see um uh, if he goes crazy like that. Maybe we talking about one fifty. I'm thinking. You know, I'm thinking one twenty five, one fifty, two scores. Oh, that is that's heavy. I, I'll I'll say this. He'll definitely. I think he'll have his third straight one hundred yard game. I think he gets. I think he gets just one touchdown. I don't know if he gets it. Right. I think they're going to spread the love to Mookie. They're going to let Mookie get in on it uh, on action. So, you heard it here, guys. Luther Burton touchdown catch, touchdown pass. Missouri wins. Uh, just want to finish out. I, I see Brendan has asked for an update on Brady Cook. We we covered that at the beginning of the show. Brady practiced yesterday. They're promoting him on social media. I'm going to be yeah, shocked if he doesn't start this game. He's, he's going to start this game, and, and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, but but you'll see Brady Cook on the field for Missouri on Saturday. We will be there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm out of stuff to say. Gerard, we'll see you Saturday. Man. All right, see you all Saturday. All right, guys, do me a favor. Like the channel or like the show. Subscribe to the channel. Do all those things. Put the podcast up. Share that on social media. We will talk to you later on.